Chapter Eighteen of From Tangier to Tripoli by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Garden of Allah. Biskra is the Paris of the Sahara. This oasis lies one hundred and seventy-five miles south of the Mediterranean Sea, in the midst of the desert. At one side of it, great sand dunes roll on and on until they are lost in the yellow horizon. On the other side are the well-worn stones of the Oud, or dry river, Biskra, which becomes a flood during the short rainy part of the year, but which is now so parched under this blazing sun that it would blister your bare feet to cross it. Biskra is situated on a low plateau, a little more than 300 feet above the river. To the north of it is the mighty wall of the great peaks of the Atlas, which here rise a thousand feet higher than Mount Washington. In the crystal clear African noon, the mountains are of a pale yellow, the color of the limestone of which they are made. A little later they will turn to hazy blue, changing, as the sun drops, to primrose and gold, and then dying out through a dark purple into the night. This oasis is an island in the mighty sea of the Sahara. The mountain wall is a part of the shore, and the great cliffs rise almost straight above it. With the glass, one could find a break in those mountains known as the Gorge of Kantara. Here a river has burst through the wall, forming a golden gate to the greatest of deserts. One comes out from the mountains straight to the desert, passing through the little oasis of Kantara, a green key to that gate of gold. Biskra has been rather voluptuously described in Hitchin's novel, The Garden of Allah. He makes it the chief scene of that story, painting all of its surroundings in more or less glowing colors. The Sahara becomes the Garden of Allah and Biskra its capital. It is, in fact, the European capital of North Africa, to which every winter tourists and health seekers by the thousands come over the railroad built by the French. There have been erected large hotels where one can live comfortably at reasonable rates. There are frequent concerts and many cafés chantants, while the casino steadily runs its roulette and rouge et noir tables, so that the place might well be called the Monte Carlo of the desert. The season begins in November and lasts until May, being at its liveliest in February at the time of the races, in which horses, donkeys, and camels take part. There are long-distance camel races run by Arabs on Mabaris. These camels are so tall and lean that they seem to be all legs, they have saddles with high supports in front and behind, and the rider bobs up and down with a seesaw motion. The camel races are supposed to start from the oasis of Tugord, 210 miles away, a distance which a fairly good camel ought to cover in less than 10 hours. The horse races are run by Arabian steeds with Arab riders, who are splendid horsemen and delight in cross-country going, jumping everything on the way. The city of Biskra is really composed of two towns, French Biskra and Old Biskra. The former contains about 900 Europeans and two or three times that many natives, while the latter is altogether native and, as is usual in these oasis towns, is ranked rather by the number of its palm trees than by the number of its inhabitants. It comprises six little mud villages scattered through plantations which support about 150,000 date trees. 
the french town is surrounded by walls and entered by gates it has several wide streets the chief of which is the rue berthe which runs from the railroad station past the public gardens and on out toward the oasis of tugort it goes beyond the oasis of old biskra two miles off which is connected by streetcar with french biskra prices are much lower here in this faraway part of the world than at home when i take a turkish bath in the united states i have to pay at least one dollar with twenty-five or fifty cents extra for fees i had a moorish bath here for twenty cents in a bathing establishment that would be considered fine in any american city and this included a thorough massage and a cup of delicious turkish coffee the men who bathed me were brawny arabs as yellow as gold and naked to the waist and they spent something like an hour on the job i do not mean to say that it took that much time to get off the dirt but the hour was used in the massage and other extras biskra was a famous bathing place in the days of the romans it had a roman name meaning baths which probably referred to the hot sulphur springs outside the city biskra is the chief military station of the eastern sahara and is called the territoire de commandement one sees french soldiers everywhere and there are french officers at the hotels and on the streets they are fine-looking fellows straight broad-shouldered and bronze-faced who have been fighting with these tribes of the desert and show it some of the officers have the appearance of dudes and are noted for their extreme politeness but no one dares to presume upon their foppishness the territory of biskra which is about as large as the state of ohio has all told a population of less than one hundred thousand living in oases scattered over the desert biskra itself is commanded by a major assisted by a captain three lieutenants and a military interpreter the town has electric lights and schools for both french and arabs there is also a negro quarter the french city is made up of flat-roofed white houses of one or two stories many of the roofs have walls about them the women and children gossip and play on the roofs in the evening and the people sleep there at night i wish i could take you through one of these sahara towns even in french biskra the scenes would seem strange there are more sitting out in the street or on the sidewalks upon mats laid down for the purpose quietly playing dominoes they have little tables about as high as a footstool and squatting with their bare feet under them will move the blocks for an hour or more without saying a word many of the players are gray-bearded and gray-headed but age does not affect their love for the game on every hand i meet the characters of the bible as i write these notes i can see in one group an old abraham with the aged sarah beside him and the buxom hagar behind that little baby in hagar's arms might be young ishmael and i observe that abraham looks upon him with apparent love at the same time sarah seems to be jealous and glares at both baby and mother out of the tail of her eye that handsome moor coming down the street might be joseph the friend of king pharaoh observe his costly raiment of fine silk and wool he walks with a strut and is evidently a man of authority on that donkey slowly pacing along is an old man whom one might easily imagine to be balaam and lo the donkey stops opens his mouth and brays his words however we do not understand for he has not the power of speech like the ass of holy writ 
and so I might go on, finding a character at every step which would correspond to one in the scriptures. This is a bit of the Simon Pure Orient, where the natives are about the same today as they were in Bible times three or four thousand years ago. They are, however, all Mohammedans and believe only in Allah and the Prophet. But let us go out to an oasis and visit the people who live under the palm trees. We drive along the Rue Bert by walls of yellow mud enclosing date palms, which rise high above them and are loaded with ripe golden fruit. The walls are as high as my head and on their top dried thorn bushes set in while the mud was still wet protect the fruit like so much broken glass. This oasis is fed by springs from the river Biskra, which is dry the greater part of the year. Wells have tapped the springs, however, and there is a flow of gallons a minute. The water is somewhat alkaline, but it puts the sugar into the dates and the sun is so hot that the fruit is delicious. According to the Arabs, to make good dates, the head of the tree must be in the burning sun the greater part of the year. The thermometer here, even in midwinter, never falls below 60, and the climate seems just right, although it is not so at Kantara, 30 or 40 miles farther north. Biskra is annually producing something like 10 million pounds of dates, enough to furnish a handful to every boy in the United States and leave some to spare. As we ride into the oasis, we can see men picking dates, or rather cutting them. The fruit is not good until it is dead ripe. I bit into some green dates today, and they puckered my mouth like unfrosted persimmons. In the oasis of Biskra, water rights are often sold in perpetuity, but there are also leases at so much per year, and even at so much per hour. Not long ago, the price was $200 for a perpetual stream half an inch wide and as deep as the rainfall would afford, and $800 for a stream of four inches. Where the water is let out by the hour, so many times per week, an Arab watchman with an hourglass stands at the hole where it flows out, and when the sand has run through, he shuts off the supply. I cannot describe the dreariness of everyday life in these Saharan oases. About the only green thing one sees in the streets is the palm leaves overhead. Inside a garden there may be patches of vegetables and grass, with trees bearing various kinds of fruit. But in the villages themselves, everything is as bare as the middle of the road, notwithstanding the fact that this is a land which might be a tropical paradise. The houses themselves have no gardens in or about them. They are joined close together and are more like catacombs than places where people live, move, and have their being. During much of the day, there are few signs of life. There are no windows facing the streets, the only means of ventilation on that side of the houses being little holes about the size of a paving brick up near the roof. In villages so poor as these of Biskra, though the people look squalid and dirty, the dirtiest of them are loaded with jewelry. I photographed one middle-aged dame of swarthy complexion who had earrings as big as an after-dinner cup, and as she turned around, I noticed that she wore anklets of white metal as wide as a pint cup is high. Indeed, they looked like tin cups without bottoms or handles. Even the children were loaded with jewelry. Some of them were not averse to being photographed, and both women and children held out their hands for money as soon as their pictures were taken. The coffee houses looked not unlike an American stable. 
their only light comes in through the door and the people sit on the floor in the garden of allah the novel to which i have already referred there are some vivid descriptions of the chateau landon a wonderful date plantation belonging to a wealthy french nobleman if one would know just how much water means in the desert he may learn by visiting this place it contains about fifteen acres including a wonderful botanical garden right here on the edge of the desert it is a date forest interspersed with all sorts of tropical and subtropical fruit trees and shrubs there are great hedges fifteen feet high as carefully trimmed as those in the botanical gardens of algiers or in that of buitzenzorg java about twenty arab gardeners are busy keeping the plantation in order and not even the leaves are allowed to lie on the paths or walks here and there in the garden are houses of arab architecture the homes of the owner and in one place there is a great circle cut out under the trees where dances may be held in the open have you ever heard of sidi akba he was a famous arab general who conquered the whole of north africa from the nile to the atlantic all whom he conquered he converted to islam by telling them that they must die if they did not espouse the mohammedan religion it is said that when he reached the sea he rode into it exclaiming that if it were not for this barrier he would make every people beyond it worship allah or die this man was one of the great moslem heroes the people looked upon him as a saint and they have named towns oases and other places after him one of the most important of these is sidi akba which lies twelve miles from biskra in the midst of the sands there is the shrine of the saint and the mosque containing it is said to be the oldest mohammedan building in africa the town is the religious capital of this part of the world so holy that the people make pilgrimages to it as they do to Karouan in tunisia and to mecca and medina in arabia i rode across the desert to visit it the way is over a country covered with a scanty vegetation of thorny scrub through sandy and stony wastes and by the oases of filioc and chetma sidi akba has sixty-five thousand palm trees and the town has six thousand inhabitants the plantations are surrounded by mud walls like those of biskra but the houses are better and some of the streets are so wide that one can drive through them on our way there we passed caravans of camels and donkeys and saw many tent villages and great flocks of black goats watched by shepherds entering the gate we rode between the mud walls to the public square which is surrounded by the typical petty stores or bazaars of the sahara low and box-like outside of which the customers must stand as they haggle with the vendors there was considerable industry going on here men were weaving there they were making ploughs and farther on they were constructing saddles in the street of the tailors i saw several men using american sewing machines but nowhere did i see any american goods on the sides of the streets were mud ledges built out from the mud walls filled with white-gowned men working chatting or sleeping some were reeling cotton and some were sewing at night these ledges are filled with sleepers many of these poorer arabs have no homes they eat at the cafes and sleep in the streets this is especially true in the cities the men always sleep with their heads and faces covered one reason for this is the number of flies which fairly swarm in all the oases 
making one prey for the caliph Ademelech, the father of flies, to breathe upon them and drive them away. This old caliph was so fatal to flies that every one that flew over his mouth dropped dead. Like every traveler in Biskra, I visited the famous mosque. It is an ordinary building with perhaps half a dozen rooms, including the place of worship. It was filled with worshippers when I entered it, and I heard Muslim boys singing out verses from the Koran in the schoolrooms on each side. I spent some time watching the men at their prayers, and although it is known here that I am a Christian, I was not molested. End of chapter 18